Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins. We're having a really good discussion with San Luis Obispo County Assessor Tom Bordenaro. And Tom, uh, right before the break, you were telling us about all the changes that uh, happened when Prop 19 was adopted in 2020. So what um, the realtors wanted to see the ability to cross county lines. So people from out of town did not want to come to San Luis County um, or other counties such as ours because they were going to be reassessed. And when I say realtors, I want to make sure people understand this, not the local realtors, um, because I spoke to many of them before this one was on the ballot. Oh, the locals they hated They did not it. have any idea. Yeah. It's, it was the state association. Um, and so they wanted, uh, basically, there was only seven counties Seven or eight counties that allowed intra interstate, excuse me, intercounty. Right. So you can move it from San Mateo to San Francisco right. or Orange County to LA County because people cross those lines all the time, and there's no real way of knowing who's a winner, or who's a loser. And the values weren't but, that different. Right, and the values aren't that different. So, but people coming in like our county, it was would be very expensive to our local. Um, we had the option of passing a resolution. When I say we, the county did, but the numbers never, never panned out. So this was to break that county line, and then we added disabled folks who can qualify for a transfer. Uh-huh. If you have a two-bedroom home, you get put in a wheelchair. Like me, you got to sell the two-bedroom home. You're going to get reassessed. So that one now they qualified. So it was put on the ballot in 2018, and it failed miserably because the cost was way up there. So the realtors came back and they said, well, to pay for it, we're going to narrow the parent-child and the grandparent-grandchild exclusion, which is the ability for a parent to leave their children, their property, um, which is, again, the principal residence was at any, at any level, um, and all their other property was at a million dollars. Uh, a base, so they could leave them their house, their gas station, their whatever. Right. Uh, and then before, before right? Prop 19. But that, so that was severely narrowed. Now it has to go to a child or a grandchild if the parents are deceased. They have to move in within a year and file a homeowner's exemption, or they do not don't receive um, the benefit. They get reassessed. Farmland. Farmland was left out, right? But it was this ambiguous term of um, family farm, which there's no definition in law. And we worked uh, on a, a a bill, which is Senate Bill 539, um, to clarify that. So now farmers can still leave their ranches up to a certain level, but now it's maxed at a million dollars for your home. So um, if your home is anywhere where over a million dollars. Your children can still get it. They can still keep the old tax base, but it will be prorated for whatever the old tax base is plus whatever over a million dollars. Right. Um, So it severely limits that ability to pass property on without having, um, and Howard Jowers calls it the death tax, even though it could happen while you're still alive. Um, Yeah, you could give it it to your child while it was still alive and the same uh, transfer uh, um, assessment rules would apply. But. Right. But again, your children have to 
move in and file a homeowner's exemption uh, within a year. So it pretty much moves it to the time of death. Um, and then the legislature got a hold of it because now, you know, they're able to tweak initiatives. And they put in the creation of what's called a fire and local government fund. So there's this crazy convoluted system that we have to report everybody that moved in and what our property tax loss was because people are moving in from other counties, selling their home in Palo Alto for, you know, three million bucks, and they're coming down here and buying a home for a million dollars, and they're bringing in a tax base of $200,000. So we're taxing this million-dollar home at 200000 so it's a big loss to the county. Sure. So we report that to the state. The state then gathers all this data, and then they take 10% off the top. Why? I don't know. Um, because they can, I guess. And then they... Um, <laughs> That's their finder's fee. Distributed. Well, then they pay for all of this fire and local, uh, uh, fire fund. Right. And then what's left over, conceptually, they send back to the counties that lost money. So we will never get a dollar for dollar on it. Um, and the reason they did that was simply public relation. You remember, the prop, and they didn't run a lot around here. We actually defeated... Prop 19 in this county, uh-huh. but in, in the Bay Area and L.A. and, and the metro districts, they ran ads that said, that showed, you know, all those fires up in paradise and basically said, if you want to stop these fires, vote for this because it's going to fully fund fire. It was um, going to, yeah, the, I mean, if you read the top of the uh, Prop 19, you thought it was going to fully fund uh, fire protection and uh you know, and then uh, the next thing it was going to do was uh, let people 55 and over move anywhere in California and keep their tax base. And by Which that time, is what it was about, yeah, yeah. But by that time, you you didn't want to read it anymore because it was really long. And towards the the bottom third was all about uh, changing the rules on when people die and what they could leave their kids. And, uh, right, yeah, no, that's what it was all about. Yeah, And the leg- uh, the legislature put the PR piece in. The realtors only had the first two pieces in, um, which probably would have would have been um, easier defeated. Yeah. It only passed by 400-something thousand votes statewide, which really? is nothing. That's, that's very low, pen. yeah. Well, you know, there's a, uh, there's a new uh, ballot proposition that the Howard Jarvis... Uh, Taxpayers Association has now qualified for the ballot that's coming up uh, in 2024, November. And it's, uh, as far as I can tell, it's going to essentially repeal those parts of Prop 19, if it passes, uh, that prevent uh, parent, you know, parents from passing on their home or their farm to their kids or to their grandkids if their, their child has died. Um, have you looked at that? So I've looked at the uh, you know, the Taxpayer Protection, Protection Initiative. Protection Against um, Death Tax on Family Property. Except, <laughs> um, but it also does a lot of other things by um, restoring the two-thirds vote, which was in Prop 13, uh, restored the two-thirds vote for all the things that have been chipped away, and it adds all new taxes passed by the legislature have to be approved by the voters. I mean, it's pretty... Uh-huh. Pretty darn um, widespread, and but Stu, honestly, I didn't think that it included the parent-child stuff. I thought that was another initiative that they're actually 
trying to raise funds for right now, um, the, the repeal of the death tax. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought they were separate. But I, you know, it, this stuff gets, now that the, especially now that the legislature can tweak it, it gets very confusing. Um, and the legislature is now put on the ballot. Now, I believe it's the same time. An initiative says, if there's a citizen's initiative that requires a two-thirds vote, it has to pass by a two-thirds vote. Yeah, and I the reason they did that is they killed the taxpayer rights bill. Um, and if they both pass, the courts will have it for several years to try to figure out what to do because they contradict each other. So it's very confusing. I really think our initiative process needs to be reformed because the language is so confusing. Unless you're a lawyer or an assessor on, on the issues that affect property tax, you have to read pages and pages. And sometimes a no vote means yes and a yes vote means no. And it's really kind of incredulous that um, these things end up on the ballot that people, I mean, people had no idea, the realtors had no idea that the parent-child exclusion was being get rid of. They showed me pamphlets from the state association of realtors. Right. Didn't mention it at all. You're kidding. (laughs) No, didn't mention it at all. So, you know, people have to watch out. I tell everyone, follow the money. Look at who is supporting the initiative, putting the money behind it. Because in politics, if you follow the money, you know what the other agenda is. You can figure out the motive. Yeah. There's always an agenda behind, a motive behind the, um, you know, behind the initiative. So. I, I think like, the, uh, I always get confused over the dialysis one that keeps coming back every two to four years. <laughs> always put on by the same union. Uh, they're, they're turf battles. Tremendous so mo- watch amount of out money for turf battles. Yeah, the one you were talking about that would require um, any taxpayer initiative to pass by a, a two-thirds vote. Uh, I think is ACA one, and it's gonna, yes, yes, yes. It was it. supposed to be on the March ballot, but I uh, saw on the Secretary of State site today when I was preparing to chat with you that it's been moved to the November election ballot. Uh, for twenty twenty. Yeah, and that one I can't figure out why because yeah. I would think they would want it on the March ballot. If well, it Tom, we're we're coming up on another hard break. Oh, go ahead, folks. Uh, okay. Stay tuned to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, a discussion with Assessor Tom Bordenaro. <laughs> 